Hi guys, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Extraordinary Believers Podcast. <laughs> welcome. Um, if you're new, um, you're so welcome. I have prayed for you, and I have every day wished and hoped that you will stumble on this podcast or see our banner or see it from your friend status or however you got to see this. And I'm so glad that you are listening finally. Um, and if this is not your first time, I'm so thankful to you. Thank you for constantly listening to our episodes. Um, thank you for sharing. Thank you for giving us reviews. Thank you for asking questions. Uh, so yeah, so, so far this season, this is season five. Wow. Five, <laughs> season five of, 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 um, you know, our podcast so far and we've, the, the purpose of this season was to rekindle or is to rekindle, um, you know, your love for the Bible, for your, your love for the word of God. And see, the word of God is so beautiful. God is worth it. Um, the word deserves to be studied right and so far we've talked about a lot of things what happened with the amalekites why did god ask Saul to utterly destroy them um you know do i have to confess my sin um when i sin how about um first john that says um um if you um, if you confess your sins he's faithful and just forgive us all your of all our sins we've explained different things from the bible from the scriptures we've done a commentary on the book of ephesians um you know so far and see there's still so much more see personally i have a lot for you um and we're still going to be inviting yet more people and um, so today we want to talk about one very uh, popularly misquoted um scripture and it's um second corinthians um, from verse 8 second corinthians chapter 8 from verse 9 um and i'm just going to read it often before i get into the proper context and everything so i'm sure you've heard it before it says for you know the grace of our lord jesus christ you know how that though he was rich yet for our sakes he became poor that we through his poverty might be rich uh right and a lot of times people quote this i mean all the times i heard this in the past um, I always used to think because it was always quoted in line of money that though he was rich, he became poor so that for our sakes, um, we could become rich and not have to live in poverty. And first of all, before I start, I just want to say, this is not me saying that God is endorsing poverty or God wants uh, men or believers to live in poverty not at all but when it comes to the bible you you know it, it's just like every other it's just like every other piece of information in the sense that when you are interpreting it there is a context that applies so for example if i'm writing to my sister in um if i'm writing to my sister and we have our code we know how we talk to each other and all of that and i'm writing to her and i'm just and i just use a slang like oh go get out diary or or yeah yeah whatever well let's just say i say something like hmm, i died like when you said that uh, you killed me or uh, if this hadn't happened i would have killed you now 
I was writing to her, the person who I'm writing to, um, she understands our our mode of communication. Not only that, I wrote an entire letter. Let's say, okay, I wrote oh this and that, and I explained a particular scenario. And then I now say, ah, she really murdered that girl. Probably I was just telling her about when a friend was dragged or a friend was um trolled, and I'm like, ah, that um she murdered ah, she murdered her as in she killed her when she was done, she left her dead kind of thing and then someone takes it like ah this is a murder case oh someone is dead or they've killed someone oh this person killed someone you've taken it out of context because when i was writing to her i was talking about someone that i was talking about the person being dragged on social media right i was not talking about actual death so you have taken that out of context um and it's the same Thing that happens most times when second Corinthians 8 from S9 is used. So let's get into the whole context um, topic and all of that. Let's start from the beginning. Um, you know, Second Corinthians 8. Um, I'm sure we already um you already know when you are interpreting a scripture, you cannot just take verse 9 and attach your own meaning to it. You have to follow the line of thoughts, the train of thoughts of the person that was writing right um and so um we're just going to um go from there so now what was happening here who was talking here paul paul was talking to the church at corinth and he was giving them an example i'm starting from verse one now he says moreover brethren uh, we make known to you the grace of the the grace of god bestowed on the churches of macedonia so um so now you know now he's presenting the giving grace that was at work in the church at macedonia um because when you talk about the grace of god the great um uh, when, when you talk about grace right it has different um interpretations according to the context to which it was used right and so what paul was doing here is that um he was presenting the giving um grace at work in the church at macedonia he was presenting the 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 um the way so the church at macedonia they they received the grace of god and how did they show it one of the key ways that they showed this that the, that they showed the fact that they had received the grace of god was by their generosity and so that's why he's here saying we make known to you the grace of god bestowed on the churches of macedonia and in, in verse 2 if you notice at after verse 1 it ends with a column which means he's about to explain what he means there when he says the grace of god bestowed on the churches of macedonia and then he goes ahead to explain so what does he mean by what he's saying he means that despite the fact that they faced great trial despite the fact that they faced um um great trial their joy was not moved and they were so generous in their giving They were so generous in their giving. And he was just trying to show here that the fact that they are generous in their giving did not mean that they were 100% rich or they had so much money to waste. No. 
No. They were some of them were even poor because here it says that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. And I'm just going to read it in um in in ESV. In I'm just going to read it in ESV. It says for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their path. And um, the Good News Bible puts it like this. Even though they were severely tested by the troubles they went through, their joy was so great that they were extremely generous in their giving, even though they are very poor. So it was just here showing that these guys were demonstrating with their finances that they had received the grace of God. Not because they had money to throw around, but because they have received something that is so great. I don't want to get ahead of myself, so I'm just going to continue. And then verse 3 um, says that, I bear witness that according to their, to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing um, you know, imploring us with much urgency that we should receive the gifts and the fellowship of the saints, um, and the fellowship of the of the ministry of the saints. So what he was saying here was that uh, they were they were given according to their ability, but even they were freely willing to give beyond their ability, even imploring them, urging them, like urging them, like they were begging for the privilege to give, to share. To, to share in the work of God by their giving, to, to contribute to the, to the spread and the movement um, you know, of the gospel and the equipping of other saints by their giving. That's what he was saying here. And then he goes ahead to say, um, and not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Um, so we urge Titus that as he had begun, so he should also complete this grace in you as well. But as you are bound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you are bound in this grace also. So in context, here, and he says, see that you are bound in this grace also. What grace was he talking about? He was talking about the giving grace, the grace that they had shown um, at Macedonia. That, 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 Like I explained earlier, the fact that they demonstrated that they had received something great by their giving. Um, and then verse 8 says, I speak not um, by command by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of God. So here he was just saying that I'm not commanding you, but if you love the Lord, um, if you love the Lord, if you love his people and his work, your money will flow in the direction of your heart. And it's just like in Celebration Church, we, we popularly always say, put your money where your faith is. So you will put your money where your heart is. You will put your money where your faith is. You will put your money where your desire is. And so verse 9, it says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in context, what has he been talking about? Generosity. And there is something that Pastor Emmanuel Iren always says. He says that in Christ is a worthy example christ is a worthy example to emulate and so now paul is talking about the giving grace and who else to talk about than our greatest example which is christ
And so here, um, you know, he he has presented the church at Macedonia to to the Corinthians, and now he goes ahead in verse nine to present the ultimate example to present our ultimate example see christ will always remain our ultimate example that's why just like pastor even um teaches us that that when you get um to heaven for all the things that god has asked us to do you will not have any excuse you would not have any excuse because just like Jesus said, I have overcome the world. So he became like one of us. The Bible said he was tempted here without sin. The Bible also says we do not have a high priest that cannot relate with our pains or with our sufferings or with our feelings. He has felt all these things. Became like us. So we cannot say, you know when you say, you can't relate. Like, you know when you hear someone talking about something and you're like you've not been through it that's why you're talking like this it cannot be said about our lord jesus christ because he asks us for example to forgive but he also he also asks to forgive do you think it was easy for um you know his his friend his disciple judas to betray him he did not make it any less painful that he knew that he was going to betray he didn't make it any less painful didn't make it any less painful so in christ we have an ultimate example that's why christ will forever be our number one example that though men should be examples but even if men fail and maybe tweak here or there you can always look to christ you can always look to christ and so here he says for you know the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. This was not talking about money. The poverty, the word rich there was not um, talking about money. And um, so what exactly, um, you know, was he referring to? Now, like I said, Paul was, um, Paul here, was talking to the church at Corinth and so when he says that so now we need to ask ourselves when was Christ rich um you know what is that what is that word rich referring to when was Christ rich was he while he was was he while he was here on this earth or which part was it the part that he was born in a manger because we all know he he was born in a manger you know where 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 animals stay so was it that part or was it during the was it during his 33 years or the years where he lived with his parents or the years where he walked there was spent the time so where exactly jesus was nowhere in the bible um, you know, referred to as the richest man on earth. And to be honest, that was not, um, that was not his purpose. That was not his purpose. His purpose was not to come and break Guinness book and, um, you know, and, um, um, and thereby be, 
I'm so sorry. His purpose was not to break Guinness Book and um, thereby become rich. You know. So that was not his purpose at all. So based on that, there was he he, he wasn't struggling, but um, there was nowhere in the Bible that Jesus was recorded to, to have been a billionaire, um, you know, or to have had money and all of that. So he was not talking about physical riches, but not talking about money like cash. So he says, do he was rich yet for our sakes he became poor that we through his poverty we might be rich this was not talking about money so i think i've said that enough times for you to know that this was not talking about money so what was he really talking about um you know um so here so i would like to explain it like this when he talks when he talks about um when he talks about though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor i'm so sorry that it feels like i'm going around i actually have a point i promise <laughs> so that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor um so he was talking about spiritually right he was talking about spiritually jesus is god are you aware jesus is god he is god he is god and in the beginning, John chapter 1 from verse 1 to 3 tells us, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Then it goes further in verse 14 to tell us that the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, which means God became flesh. He became one of us. So God, God became, um, you know, Emmanuel, God with us. He dwelt amongst us like us, like men. He came to this world. He lived. He he was he he was hungry. He was tired. He wept. He cried. You know. So he came as a man. So that is enough poverty. And that is what Paul was trying to explain. That's enough poverty. It says that for for your sakes he became poor he was rich how was he rich he was god yet he became like one of us he became like one of us and we see how philippians 2 let me quickly open it um philippians 2 from verse um from verse 5 let me let me quickly open it it's it, it, it was talking about um I was talking about um, having the mind of Christ. Yes, from verse 5, I got it. Yay. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. God made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Verse 8 says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. That's what he was referring to. When he says, though he was rich, he became poor. And there is something that Pastor Aaron will always say. He says this, that even if all that Christ had to do was just come in the form of a man, it was enough. 
It was enough humiliation. It was enough poverty in this context. It was enough poverty. If all you had to just do was just come in form of a man. Like, imagine you having to live. I'm not, and this is not me saying that men are dogs, but I'm just trying to condescend to a lower, um, to a lower level from our level as men. Imagine having to live like a dog for a day or live like a rat. So that means you have to run. <laughs> that means you have to run. <laughs> that means human beings cannot catch you. So you have to run. You have to always run. You know, you probably have to have to bite things halfway, bite things that you should have no business eating. Just imagine it. So imagine having to stoop low. A lot of us, we've even reached places of authority, like positions of authority that we cannot even imagine ourselves going back. Like maybe now at your office, you are a manager or you are um, at your office, you are a manager or you have been promoted so far up and they now tell you that, oh, you are, uh, from tomorrow, you are going to go back to being, um, you know, an intern. Or um, support staff. You would feel humiliated like what? A whole me, me, do you know who I am? <laughs> do you know who I am? A whole me. You would feel um, humiliated. You would feel in this context poor. Why? Because you had you had a former status that was higher than this. And it's the same thing that he was talking about here. That he, Christ came in form of a man. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death. Even the death of a cross. Of, of, of the cross. And this is what he was referring to here. This was the riches he was referring to. The fact that he was God. So he became poor by becoming a man. That through his poverty, we might become rich. And here it says he humbled himself to the death of the, um, to the, death of the cross. And verse 9. Sorry. Verse 9 says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. So now through his poverty, through what he did, because he came as a man, now we are rich. Now we are rich. Because he came, now we are rich. Because he came, now we are enjoying, we are enjoying, we are enjoying riches. We are enjoying riches. So rich here, and whenever you see that in the Bible, whenever you see words in the Bible, you must always interpret it in context. And so he was rich, that is, he was God. He came as a man, he became poor. That through his poverty, that through the fact that he came as a man, he came to expose the works of darkness and he came as a worthy substitute for our sins. And so, because of that, because he has come, because of be, his coming, in his coming, he died. And so, because he has died, by his death, burial, and resurrection, we've become rich. Because we've been blessed, just like Ephesians says, we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So we are blessed. We are rich. We are blessed. We are rich. And this doesn't have anything to do with money. As a matter of fact, if all you have is just physical money, you just have cash, then you are... Uh, uh, we're, we're really sorry, but that is not... That, that, that's not... That's not... That's not rich. 
You have money, yes. But how about after this world? How about after this life? Right? So when it was talking about riches there, he was talking about all that we now have as a result of what Christ has done. And so why did Paul put this? Because we can say, ah, it's so confusing. Why did he have to put this here if he, if, if, if he knew that he had the ability to be taken out of content or if he knew he was not talking about money? Um, and I would say this. To that, I would say this. Paul was trying to show them, like I said earlier, our worthy example, which is Jesus Christ. He was trying to show them that now, because Christ, who else to show you when talking about generosity than our Lord Jesus Christ? Because he gave everything for us. And so he's worthy of our everything. That's exactly what Paul was saying here. That look at Christ, look at his generosity. His generosity is shown in his salvation plan. In his salvation plan. So that's what he's showing you here, that he gave everything. He did not consider that, oh, his majesty was too, he did not consider himself too high, too majestic. He threw his majesty away in a minute and he became like, he became like a man. He became a man. Right? So Paul here was just saying, look at our example. Look at Christ. In his salvation, which is why we are even here. We are celebrating his generosity. We are celebrating his generosity. And so, because he is our everything, and because he has given us everything, he did not hold anything back. Now we can sing, now we can sing withholding nothing because he didn't withhold anything from us. He came for us himself to die for us. Now we are rich because of what we have he has done because of all he has done we are enjoying in this life and beyond we live forever so many benefits so many benefits we live forever we have power and authority we have access there is no more condemnation for us this is what he was referring to look at christ he's our everything he has given us everything and so we can give him everything so he was just trying to show them because an understanding of this Would it, it conditions your heart, positions your heart to flow in the direction that, um, you know, to, to put your money where your faith is, to flow in the direction of where your, your heart now is, which is with Christ and in Christ. So that was what he was saying here. Christ is our everything. And so he deserves everything and we can give him everything. Because he gave everything for us, withholding nothing. Um, and so you can read the rest of Second um, Corinthians and you would see that um, Paul just goes further to, to talk about this, to talk about, um, um, you know, just talk about, continue talking about giving. He continued um, from verse 10, um, telling them to do it with a willing mind, um, you know, and he kept going and going and going and until the end so you can read the rest of the chapter but then i just have something to say um you know if he was talking about riches here right if he was talking about riches here how about the um 
the apostles. So who were those guys, his disciples, they worked with him. They were with him. So like, if he was talking about cash, like money, how come we didn't see it in the lives of his 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 apostles, his disciples? She Paul said he had to work. Paul was working a job, but are you trying to tell me that Paul did not believe Christ to the fullest? I mean, he's even the one that wrote this one. So if he was talking about money, Paul, why do you still have to work? Ah, you already you are rich now i mean you should be rich if you are telling us about riches but that was not what he was referring to that was not what he was referring to and i so i really hope that this has uh, helped you understand i'm really sorry for the part where i stuttered or i was uh, you know i was trying to find some scriptures um to to portray the point um that was what was happening i was trying to find some scriptures to portray the point and maybe i was a bit um, shaky in some parts but yeah I really hope that you understand. I really hope that this has helped to shed more light to um, any questions you might have had about this or has helped to shed more light to the popular uh, misconceptions on this text. And I really hope that when next you're asked, you're able to give an answer, you're able to give a response. So please like this podcast. If this blessed you, please share. Share with your friends. Share excerpts from this and encourage your friends to listen. Please like this podcast. Give it a five star. Give it even if you've given it a five star before. If you are listening to it now, please give it a five star again because uh, when you rate it properly, it spreads more. So please share. Invite your friends to listen. Ask questions. If you have any more questions, feel free to ask um, at the extra, at the extra believer on Instagram at the extraordinary believers at gmail.com. Um, you can always ask your questions, and I'll be more than willing to answer. Um, until next time, bye.